Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's the podcast guy. Something about the Talk Time Time podcast. It's the Sutton Podcast. And there it is! Sutton United of the GM Foxhall Conference have put down first division Coventry City, winners of the FA Cup themselves less than two years ago. And what a moment to enjoy for the fans of this Surrey side. They've had their moments before, but never won like this. But the whistle goes down. Delight for Sutton United. Sutton United the National League are through to the last 16 of the FA Cup. No longer English football's perennial non-league club. A 123-year crescendo reaches a new peak for Sutton United, who are promoted to the Football League for the first time. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sutton United Talk Time on podcast. It's the XU's Views Special Editions and I'm delighted to say, I was looking for an excuse to get the guy on for a little while, but um, I found my opening recently. I'd like to say Damien Scannell. Hello, how are you? I'm good, Matt, man. I don't know why you're so keen to get me on, mate. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, it was, it's, it's all your um, inspirational, motivational winding me up running your five kilometers in like 10 seconds and all that kind of stuff it's like making everyone go oh man mute him for a little while <laughs> um but yeah so you the excuse of my my in um was because there was announced that you or you've got a link up with the club um coming up uh in the next month or so what, what what's that about what are you looking for what what do you want from um, from us dad <laughs> Bob, uh, Bobby Child reached out to me and uh, I work with fathers exclusively, right? And um, mm-hmm. reached out to me. He um, obviously sat and have projects in the community and he believed that it would be a good link up. <clears throat> Not just me being an ex-player, but also with the community that I work alongside. And he thought, mm-hmm. like, uh, is, there, is there room for something to happen? Is there a space for something to happen? We had a discussion and um, it came through. So um, we're looking at launching a project. It was meant to be launched um, early September. We just haven't really finalised how it's exactly going to look but be uh, landing very shortly mike excellent excellent and it's it's all a time with your with your super dads um especially especially on your twitter where you you, you encourage us and motivate us <laughs> yeah so it is so um for me uh especially with my background man so what i like to do is i like to combine the football element the fitness element the health element the team camaraderie element i like to like bring it all together mm-hmm. and then um, 
Yeah, outlook, man. I, I don't want to sing my own praise, but it's worked. It's worked, right? It's worked. I think men like team camaraderie. Men like football. Men like fitness. And I've played on it a little bit, but it's worked. Yeah, no, of course it worked. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't have had the success and and people joining you if it didn't work. Because it only take someone like me going, yeah, that, that, that's not for me. <laughs> um, but we will kind of come back to that in a minute because obviously that's your after football life. Um, just wanted to have a little talk about your, your Sutton life. Now, obviously, you were with us for, I can say more than a season because you came back on loan um, for, for a couple yeah. of games. <laughs> so it was over a season. Um, but the, the, the season you had with us was was a good one. It was the, we were runners-up um, to and we lost in the playoffs um, to Dover, even though they were like a million points behind us that season. Yeah. Um, but... What can you remember from your, your sort of time at, at Sutton? Uh, what was the overall sort of feeling there? You were with Dos as manager there. That must be yeah, quite so interesting I, I, I don't know what you, your relationship with Dos. Dos is like a fantastic kind of people's person, right? So, like, I wouldn't ever put him, like, at the, at the forefront of, like, the greatest managers I've ever worked with. But I would definitely put him up as, like, a, a people's person. And that's the, that's the kind of, like, thing that always draw me to work with him. Uh, when he when I, when he reached out to me to come to Sutton because I was at Eastie at the time, who were probably the favourites for the league. I think they won it that year. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and beside the travelling, I was like, I'm going there. There was like some real good characters: Dean Sinclair, Dundo, um, I think Jamie Collins was there, Dean Beckwith. Uh, there was loads, even Dean McDonald. There was quite a few people there, and um, that, that really made it like my worth my while. And to be honest, we had the best dressing room ever. A lot, a lot of banter. Um, that being said, we actually had a lot of good players, and it probably yes. was one of the results. When I came there, I think I came after the first two or three games. It wasn't a great start. I think we we messed about a bit, and then we just went on a crazy run, and we actually started chasing Eastley, who were mm-hmm. formidable, like um, title yeah. favourites. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great time. I think I when I came to Sutton, I came like Sutton were on climbing, but I think I came in a transition period where they wanted to like. Definitely be a conference club, not maybe not a league club, but they definitely were thinking about being a conference. Yeah, yeah no, I when that National League South or Skrill South or whatever it was called at the time was first came in, um, I was like, that's kind of where we live. When we're not quite National League, but we're too good for the Ryman. So that division, I was like, that that's where Sutton need to live. Obviously, I was proved um, hopelessly, hopelessly wrong, but never mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was it's a, a great season. Let's say um, you. You seem to score. You, I think you scored four goals, but you scored. You went in bursts. You scored two goals in a couple of games. Two goals in a couple of games. Months and months later, um, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't a goal scorer. As much as I was a winger, and as much as I was like an attacking player, and I always played like either side of the striker or in the hole. I was never really a goal threat. I was more like a like someone that would probably be a bit clever on the ball or like take a lot of heat off the defence, be brave on the ball and stuff like that. But our team our team played fantastic football, I'd like to say, back then. We played really good football. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I looked, at, just to remind myself, I used um, Paul Laughlin's From the Lane website because he puts ah. up all these photos. And I was like clicking on your your your, your the, the goals that you'd scored. And I was a bit surprised because all of them were like just inside the penalty spot. And yeah. <laughs> I was like, hang on, yeah. <laughs> was, was he an in-the-box striker? I can't remember that. Um, <laughs> but what... What was your probably your favourite memory? Um, so either you got your fondest memory or your favourite teammate. What was what was special about the time at Sutton? Um, 
Dundo, Dundo was a real, real good crack. You see, Dundo, like, he was always, like, on the verge of being the best player and on his way out the door. Like, like it was always, like, a compromise of him. Like, he wouldn't play. He'd be, like, with some new player, like, a, like a, maybe, like, a like a marquee signing. And then it'd be, like, maybe Dundo wouldn't be in the team. And he'd always, like, kind of come back from the dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In some random position. And then be man in a match of three or four games. And it, that was kind of a cycle throughout the season. And, Doz was well known for his like turnover of players. Revolving door, I think we called it at the time. <laughs> I, I, when I left, I actually got sold to Bromley. I actually went to Bromley. They actually bought me, right? And mm-hmm. that, that, that was a, probably a poor decision for me because at that time, Bromley was then about to be the title favourite mm-hmm. and they went on to win it. But I fell out with a manager. But the, the my fondest memory would be the Sutton dressing room. Yeah. Doz yeah, was, was an expert at creating like a neutral environment where with one bad guy, which would probably be his number two, which was uh, Steve McKim at the time. Not mm-hmm. bad guy, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, that's 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 what makes um, a good, never mind football, a good manager is not necessarily knowing what what to do, but knowing who can do it and getting the right people in the right spaces and just kind of overseeing the, the whole thing. And yeah, he was very good. And he obviously had a huge contact list because all of a sudden there'd be just players coming in and in and in. <laughs> Yeah, um, and a huge pocket. I think I think he had a, a few dollars as well. Didn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dundo is just amazing. I do remember it, it was definitely a season where it's like, oh, that's it. He's not gonna he's not gonna do anything. And all of a sudden he come back, and it's like, hang on a minute, who's this? Who's this young skinny fella up front? And it was it was Dundo. It was like, what happened there? Yeah, yeah. he's a great character. He's Dundo. Like he's like he he he, he, he never pro- he's a leader, right? But he's not like so much like a vocal leader, but he's a leader by action. So like from training, like you get the same person and he's like very monotone with that kind of like delivery. You know, like you get an emotional dressing room. Yeah. And we're all guilty of it. But Dondo's like, nope, we're here, we're doing this. And man, he's a leader in that sense. Man, I, 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 man when, when I played against him, I thought he was rubbish, to be honest. I thought he was not a good player. He's very like unorthodox. He's like, he's very offbeat with his, his style of play. Yeah. When I played with him, man, I loved him. I voted him for player of the year. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I have noticed that because um, when he made his, he came on and made his debut, and and again, Paul got that shot as he crossed the line, his face making his football league debut at forty-one years of age. The amount of ex-players, teammates that were messaging him, I was like, Do you know what, he's got to be. A good, I think he's a good guy because I'm a fan. I'm watching him. We love him, but he's got to be a good guy because so many people that were really, really pleased with him. Um, but yeah, also he he's part of my intro because um, when. When when we came, we got to the final. The uh, Papa John's came into the um, clubhouse fast with. That's how he greeted me. Hey, it's the podcast guy, and I was like, please, <laughs> please send me that message, please. <laughs> so, but so you, your 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 fondest memory is going to be the dressing room with the, the sort of banter and, and the and the crack. It does kind of lead on to another question I was going to ask a little bit later, um, but we'll ask it now because it kind of fits. Um, are there any stories from the training ground or dressing room or nights out that the passing of time has now allowed you to share? Not necessarily name names. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some funny ones. There's some good ones. Do you know what? In terms of banter, right, there was a, there was a particular player. Yeah, this, this isn't so much a story. There's a guy named Simon Downer, right? He's genius, man. He's, 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 he's like got stand-up kind of comedy, like, Esque about him, like he really, his one liners are really brilliant, man. I, I like Downer. Downer's like it's very dry. He's like Ricky Gervais, like Ricky yeah. Gervais here. Yeah, but um, 
my standout uh, my standout story let me be let me be mindful oh all right this is an interesting one man um I could, yeah, i'll share the names i'll share the names man it's not it's not really funny yeah but it was right it's like it might be interesting to the from a fan's perspective but we had a goalkeeper named jason brown right mm-hmm. and we had uh, a coach at the time named jamie lawrence uh, jamie lawrence a good friend yeah. of mine jason's good friend ish like he was in regards to football and both of them have Premier League stature. Both of them have Premier League stature, right? So I don't know if it was like a clash of ego. They didn't really see eye to eye ish. Anyway, um, after training one day, like I think they clashed. I think they clashed or something like that, yeah. And um, boy, it was about to go down, man. It was about to go down. So Jamie's a very stand up guy. I don't know if you remember Jamie Lawrence, yeah. Yeah. And and uh, Jason, Jason's a really Jamie, Jamie Brown or Jason Brown? Jay, Brown, Jason. Jason Brown, yeah. yeah. And, and then and they were clashing and they were going out and the whole, everybody's just like, because you have to walk from the 4G to the actual changing facility, right? Mm-hmm. And it was just like two Premier League guys. We're like a bunch of Premier League guys. And like, there was that, like, I won't say the words exchanged, yeah. But I was like, I, I didn't even want to stop it because Jamie's quite like confrontational and stuff like that. But it was, a, it was a day to remember because I remember like, we're just like a bunch of non-league boys and like, they was like kind of going back and forth in terms of like, you could probably get the gist of it, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. No, um, James actually um, helped us get Craig in because okay. um, the, the story is Craig was he didn't have a club and he was training with Jamie. And James was like, come down, Sutton. Uh, Craig's, <laughs> Craig's a good player. He's a good friend, man. Uh, yeah, you're not going to hear any argument from any any Sutton. We, we we felt he was kind of nice and comfy, and then as soon as we got into League <coughs> Two last year, everyone was like. What's happened to Craig? He's just like literally stepped it up again, and yeah, um, yeah he's the absolute quality player. You'll find um, that though. You see, like league players, they tend to struggle to flourish at the lower levels because the style of football, right? And like, it's like someone who wants to play chess when checkers is being played, right? So, yeah. So when the higher they go, man, it's like the, the chess ball comes out, and all the checker players are still trying to play it, you know. So he it's probably more suited to him. You know he's yeah he's amazing and 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 a great great leader as well. Um, but yeah, Simon Simon Down um, not only a funny bloke but he's actually really clever because he's refused to come on here so many times. So introvert, it's funny. I think he's a little bit of an introvert. Like he's like he, he yeah he, 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 he was just like he yeah, refused is probably strong. It was just like no, that's not going to be my thing. I don't think. So I was like, all right, yeah. I'll, I'll leave you be. Um, so all, all the players we've named, who who do you think was the best player you you've You've played with that Sutton. Sutton I know it was only one shirt. season. Yeah. In a Sutton shirt. Right. Right. So we had it. So like in terms of like. If you were starting a, a team up and you got to say, right, I'm bringing one of those players with me. But you know, that's a tough question, right? I'm going to go Dundo right here, but he's definitely not like, he's the most effective player in terms of like, like, I don't know. I, I don't want to use the term here, yeah, but in terms of like, what they could do with a boy at ball. There's a boy named Dean McDonald, right? He was there. Yeah, yeah they ended up getting rid of him halfway through the season. So he's not mm-hmm. as effective as Dundo in terms of like what he can bring to the pitch day to day. Yeah, but with a ball, there's no doubt that he would he'd be the listen, he'd probably be the best in most teams. Like, I don't know if you remember him yeah. through the levels. He was at Arsenal as a boy. But Dundo, man, Dundo is the most industrious freaking you taking me. Well, I'd take him if I worked in a garage. I'd, I'd get him to fix yeah. my car. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure he'd be all right. Again, I, I did ask um, Craig, um, is it really annoying to have Dundo 
there running around when you're sitting there going, I could just do a, 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 a chilled training session. You got this 40 year old bloke just putting it all in, and you're like, oh man, I've got to do it too. <laughs> so, <clears throat> is there any, again, we're talking about a short space of time, really, but was there any supporters that you kind of remember from the time? Because obviously, you were you were with us at the time when non league we were still going into the bar and, 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 yeah. and mixing <laughs> the um, Thursday night. Um, pontoon games i think they were still going on there <laughs> <laughs> he was a supporter but he also worked at the club his name was clive right he's still there clive yeah. the, the, he's uh, kit man yeah you see him and that's like memorabilia that's that like, he was such a lovely guy he was always um there to serve and like he served from a real authentic place like you know sometimes i've worked at clubs and you've got kit men that you very much display that they're here to get paid they may enjoy being at the club but clive man he served every individual like he was like he was a, had shares in the club, you know, fantastic yeah. individual. You know what? To be honest, Dos done a great job of putting together some fantastic. He had Catherine Chambers, Bobby Charles, Bobby Charles, lovely guy. Uh, Paul Telfer, I didn't really get on with that great yet, but um, not that I didn't dislike him, but uh, he was a good guy. Steve McKim, I went on to work with him at Tunbridge. Yeah, it was a really fantastic thing. But in yeah. regards to the fans directly, I just remember being a good, good bunch of drinkers. I remember a few drinkers. <laughs> I think that about sums most of it up. Yeah. I think my I didn't go, but I think one of my favourite things about the fans is when they went to Guernsey. I think it was um, where we just had the the three G four G pitch, and we went to Guernsey just to sort of see what it's like. And we ended up drinking <coughs> in one of the hotels completely dry and drunk all the booze on the island. They said it was like that's a badge to put on there, isn't it? It's like a magical ten years for something, really, considering the FA Cup run and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like. It's, it's going to be in history, thing. isn't it? You know, it's like really, if you look back in 50 years, they're going to be like, what a space of time. Obviously, hoping to get more success, but very rarely you get the FA Cup run and then the league success. Yeah, it's been, it's been, it's about <laughs> 12 years since the promotion from the Ryman. Um, and I keep telling the young ones, you, you don't know you're born. You've only been supporting this club for like 12 years or so. And it's just yeah. been constant, constant, constant success. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a crazy time to be a Sutton fan, to be honest. I used to hate um, them. I used to hate that. I used to, I remember I didn't like the ground and stuff. And, like, and they were like not stomping boys, but they weren't like an amazing outfit. They were like a long ballish. I didn't like it, but um, obviously Yeah. He's <laughs> well, we're still called long ball. <laughs> and and they're all giants now as well. They're absolutely massive. Um, but did you did you feel in that season that we we I mean we were runners up, but did you feel that we we could have won the title or do you feel that it was about right or were we overachieving? So um, I definitely feel that, you see, you see the, the thing is, right, um, especially that the, the way I played, man, we was, football in non-league now has come on a long way, but at the time we was playing football. So there was a lot more direct teams like the Dovers. They had like Nathan Elder up top with um, Moses Emmanuel and Ricky Modesta at the side. You had your uh, Eastley, where, where uh, Jamie Collins was at at the time and Craig McAllister's up top. We had like, other than Dundo, we was like a bunch of like, we had Lee Sawyer, a boy from Chelsea on loan. We had myself, no one that could really head the ball or anything. We had Jamie Brown, a Premier League goalie who wanted to play out from the back. Bill Bin's left back, who's like a left winger. So I think, given the fact that we played football, I think at the time we went on a 17-game run, of unbeaten run to even chase down Eastley. And uh, let me just say I was captain as well during that period. And, uh, <laughs> and, and the high turnover of players at Dodge, because where, where we played yeah. football, um, I think, I think we've done fantastic. I think if anybody went pound for pound and said that football inside, we was the best in the league, it's just non-league, especially then, you're going to travel away to Eastleigh and try and play football. 
they get a corner, you lose one nil. You know, we we was always fighting odds. Bishop and Stalford, I remember going there and stuff like that. Man, it's not a nice place to travel. Then to try and pass it around a team who's gonna just boom it. So I I reckon, man, it's about right. I think I think I think history probably won't tell that. I think we're probably as good as anybody in that league, footballing wise. Probably better. Yeah, good, good, good. And you already mentioned when you left, um, it was sold to Bromley. So was that the reason that they came in for you or? Um. I was a bit like I was a bit of a mercenary at the stage, to be honest, Mike. So what happened is I came out of league football. I went to Eastleigh yeah. to earn some good money. I went and then Sutton came in. So when I was at Eastleigh, Eastleigh paid me up. Doz was always after me. I went to Sutton to earn some good money, and then Bromley another opportunity. So now I'm like 27 ish. It's time for me to like I've, a team's offering me more money. I'm getting older, so I just jumped. Yeah. But the worst decision. I went and worked with the manager there, Mark Goldberg, who's an absolute egg, you know, and um, he's, a, he's a money man. He's not so Doz is a money man who loves football. Mm-hmm. Oldberg is a money man who loves himself, who has an idea that he uh, about football, you know. And yeah. then I fell out of him like in the second game and then I ended up coming back on loan to Sutton, who was having a terrible season. <laughs> and um, it kind of just got lost in a bit of communication. So. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of things that I've heard your stories and I'm going to touch back on them what you were saying about the, the mercenary money thing because there was... One of your spaces I was listening to that I was like, oh, I like that little story. So I'm, I'm going to get you to, to repeat that one in a second. Don't worry, it's not a bad one. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the other, so how did Sutton compare, or how does Sutton compare even to other clubs that you, you've paid for, uh, played for, um, positive, negative? Um, so obviously we, we're quite sort of proud that most, if not all, of our ex-players, especially in that Dos period where there were so many, still think good things about the club and they're always welcome back. Um, but how is it from a player's point of view? Um, so, like, I feel as though when uh, you, you get different kind of clubs, so like, I think Sutton had substance, right? So, you know, like, sometimes you get clubs that are like, and I've played against that, I, I don't know, let me let me give you an example. So, I used to play for a team called Fisher, right? And they they had not, they, they rizzed through the levels where they invested money, but there was no substance. So it was like a, like a, not a soulless club, they'd have like, It'd be like the, the 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 core of the club would be the players, right? Like, and you'd feel like there's nothing supporting that. But at Sutton, I felt like there was a community behind it. I felt like there was community behind it. I felt as though, especially what Dos was trying to build, was way bigger than just a bunch of eleven players that he paid a bit of money to. And um, yeah, man, it was enjoyable. It was enjoyable, right? Right for right, man. The whole the whole even area that it's in, I, I enjoyed my time at Sutton. I, I, personally, my brother, um, before he signed for Grimsby. Um, I think there was an interest he might have been going to Sutton, and I, I strongly recommended it. I think he kind of, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if the, I don't know if Sutton. I think his agent was talking about maybe reaching out to Sutton, and I said, I think he didn't because of the four G. But I, I said, man, it's a, lo- it's a lovely club. It's local. You don't really get that, you know. Mm. Uh, good people around it. So yeah, I'll definitely speak highly of Sutton. Yeah, I, I was obviously going to mention because I, I remember um, hearing his name. I was like, we've got a scout Sutton. And then it was like, oh yeah, yeah, they're related. <laughs> and it's like, um, that's Sean's brother, and I was like, no, 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 I think you got the other way around. That's Damon's brother. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, and last, last couple for, for the Sutton bit, but there's loads. Of say. So, did you? I mean, obviously, you, you do keep up with the team because we've spoken about a couple of bits. But did you ever think that Sutton would be in the EFL club? Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> you're not, no, you're no. not alone there. To be fair, not. Yeah, Bruce yeah. didn't think we would be an AFL club either. So, 
so that, that transition from that conference south to the league yeah, involves way more than a bit of cash. Like there's teams that are throwing money at it and then they're going back down. So there's a lot of like infrastructure required to like not only build the momentum but keep the momentum, you know. I think Sutton had a couple near misses before actually doing it, didn't they? So like there, there must have been a lot going on. So it's again testament to what happens behind the closed doors because I remember Forest Green tried to do it for a couple of years, even though they're up there now, they was throwing some big dough around. Yeah. Um, but in, in regards to Sutton, from when I was there to where it is now, I didn't see that drive to be an EFL club. Obviously, that probably changed in a period, but I didn't see the backroom staff. People wasn't thinking it. And to be honest, they even kept some of the infrastructure there. Like, I've gone there and I've seen similar faces, so it's, it's brilliant to see. Yeah, no, um, it's, it's a well-known phrase. So, um, Matt, when he got the job, his, his brief for that season was to keep us in... The National League South, uh, no, National League, sorry, keep us in the National League. And he failed miserably because he took us up to the yeah. NFL. He was like, technically, you've got it wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, um, you've got Bruce and AB and all the others on, on, on the sort of background. And as they quite happily admit, furiously trying to catch up with the team and yeah. do all the stuff right off the pitch. And it's, it's changed dramatically. Obviously, you would have seen some, yeah. some of the things there. Um, but this one may well stump you, I'm not sure. Yeah. Damien Scannell, in his absolute prime, how does he fit into the current team? What does he what, what does he bring to the current the current? They probably the style because at the style of player was like, from what I've seen and from what I've heard, and even when I went down there, that some teams quite direct at the moment. I've, I've mm-hmm. heard. Uh, I think you've got a couple of Mavericks in. I think I see a boy. Um, he scored the other day. He's a good goal. Josh. Yeah, Josh. Um, yeah, I, I, he's, I like he's, he's on. He's on loan. <laughs> he's on loan from Luton, but I love him so much. Yeah, so like, I, I'm probably a little bit more. I don't know, man. I, I, I probably would have been a, a, a last twenty minute kind of like need need to liven up the game a little bit. But yeah, even even when I was in the league, so I, at, at my peak, I was playing for like South League One, man. I was the, mm-hmm. I was never really like. Like a phenomenal goal scorer, I was always someone like a ball carrier making something happen. And if you're playing long ball, it probably would have <laughs> probably been missing me out a lot. But then you win the second balls as it comes back out from defense, and that's, that's, that's the idea. Really, that's the idea. That's where you win it. I, I'd um, only let Craig, if he was in the team, I'd let Craig win it, and hopefully, I could, <laughs> I could land it, could land near me somewhere. Do something with it, excellent. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Sutton United Talk Time on podcast, the Sutton Podcast. If you are new to the show, hello, and you are very welcome. Hope you enjoy what we do. It's a very simple format. We get a few people on to talk about the game that's just gone, and then we preview the next game coming up. We are available on most podcast platforms where you can listen, rate, and review. If you find that we're not on your preferred platform, please let me know and I'll sort that for you. If anyone would like to support the podcast, you can find out how with more information on the website, which is www.suttonpodcast.com. And there's a tab where you can find out how to be a guest as well. Please find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok with the username at Sutton Podcast. Every like, follow, and share is really appreciated. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you. Well, there were just, as I say, a couple of stories I wanted to go back to. Um, what you're saying about the money thing, one, one of the stories I heard you, you saying that you were, um, obviously years ago, you've changed now, you, you, yeah, <laughs> totally, totally different. You were the kind of guy that had like 200 pound trainers on with one pound as the socks and pants 
Yeah, it's all about yes. Yeah, so, so what, what, all about it, sort of the style and what you look like. And I think there was one of what you saying about a car and you sleep yeah. on a mattress. Um, yeah. So what was all that? And so definitely like, well, pr probably probably from the beginning of my football career. But as I came out of the pro game, right, what what actually happened was I learned some really like kind of like I learned some cool things probably that I didn't apply. But what I did learn, I learned to like look like a footballer. You know, and um, I applied it, and um, without being financially sound, I still tried to behave like a footballer. Hence the trying to have a nicer car, the probably like the, the more expensive trainers, eating in the nicer places. But the actual back end, the actual what was happening was, wasn't too cool. And, and look, to be honest, when I speak, I deal with a lot of uh, boys now in sport, and it's, it's a similar kind of thing. It's, it's a contagious behavior because what happens is you get a filter. So like the boys that come from Premier League, yeah, they normally filter down like a Craig, right? So mm -hmm. they, so like Craig probably trained with not Henri, but you know, I don't know, um, Ali you might probably train with Ali Bayo, yeah. So he sees this kind of like particular lifestyle. Then mm -hmm. Craig comes to League Two, not just using Craig as a reference, but a player comes to League League Two, and then he shows Damien the, the what he's doing in a better financial space than Damien, to be honest, by the way. Then I'm like, oh, this is what we're meant to do. Yeah. I'm not qualified. My bank balance is not qualified for that behavior. Um, but I do my best to fit in and also like to, because those boys are the, normally the ones that we look to, right? Those are the, oh, look, he came from. So yeah, that, that, yeah. Was, that was it, man. It's something I had to unlearn. And I think to a large degree, it happens outside of football, but football just like a big, big, like frigging magnified version of everything that happens in the world, you know? Yeah, because I mean, what you're saying there is um, a lot of the, the whole social media stuff as well. But even just the word filters and stuff, it's like, yeah, look at my life, isn't it wonderful? And then you're like, yeah, can I just move that cupboard around a little <laughs> yeah. bit and see what's? In fact, look, look, here you go, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's all, all image, image, image. Um, so yeah, as I said to you sort of before, I do remember when you sort of came out of football, um, lost a little bit. Um, yeah, 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 um, definitely. So at the time I came out of football, it was like a man looking back here, it was like probably the best thing that happened to me. But at the time, I was like, what is happening here? So I'll be honest, I was working as a courier, probably making it, it was a per parcel, so like it would be like 350 quid, but it could, roll, it could fluctuate. Yeah, and then I was playing for Tunbridge, I think I was on like 325. They just offered me a new deal, so I just signed a new deal, so I knew I had another year of security. Played a pre-season game, got a fourth dead leg. Next time I get a phone call saying I have to retire. Remember, my main job isn't even uh, a main job. It's not even secure income. Mm -hmm. My dad's died. I've just had a child. I'm like, what is happening here? Like, what's this? And then, um, yeah, things, things just wasn't well, you know. Um, fortunately, I say fortunately, as much as I didn't have a lot of money, I didn't have, other than my child, I didn't have that many financial commitments, you know, like a lot of people might have had, like, I don't know, like investments or something like that, right? So it yeah. was a lot of hard thinking. It was a lot of hard thinking. A lot of time. Uh, Tunbridge gave me seventeen hundred quid of my contract, yeah. Rightly uh -huh. so, because obviously, listen, they could have just let me sit there on three three hundred quid. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, that that period, man. I think it was about three to four months, man. I was just like, I remember going to pretending to go to sleep at ten o'clock, thinking I was going to go to sleep, and I'd just be up thinking. What is the next day gonna bring me yeah. back? What is the next day? And and listen, I always had food on my table, but I I was meant to be dating in the done well at football. The mm -hmm. 
drove a nice car that didn't ever really want, you know, and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah, yeah it wasn't. It was a really uncomfortable period. Yeah, um, I, I was talking to to one of the fans when your your link up was announced, and I was like trying to remember what it what it was. But when you started with the Super Dads thing, and you kind of really like found your niche. We were like, we both, we weren't getting involved because we're lazy, but we were like, no, we're really, really pleased. And neither of us could actually put our finger on it why we were like really, really <laughs> pleased that it all worked out. So what kind of, how did that um, come about? Because obviously you, you're a fit guy, um, but yeah. how did that all come about? So, so Mike, you know what? To be honest, one of the things that I, when, when I did retire and I had that money and I was working, I built a studio, right, to, to, to PT. And it was going to just be a part-time thing I'd done alongside delivery. But you know what? I have an overwhelming passion for helping people, right? And alongside, I think, this, I think everyone does, really, alongside earning money and being with my family, I think helping people is probably, like, the most, like, rewarding things you can ever feel. It's, like, the best experience, right? So then... To begin with, I was just trying to help everyone. It was exhausting and I probably overdid it a little bit, yeah. But then I started working out, man, I'm really good at helping guys, man, and, and telling my stories. So like, I tell people, like, people always fascinated about my football, you know, especially at the lower level, people like, I used to play football, then I can relate to them there. Then I tell them yeah. a bit about my vulnerability, the shitty habits and where I went. And then, it, and then it really, man, it, like, it wasn't necessarily, it was the feedback I was getting that was energising me. And, and I loved it, man, and I still do, man. It's like, it's like one of my things on my to-do list every day is to ensure like I empower or help someone. And it's a selfish thing, you know why? Because it actually makes me feel fantastic. It's like someone putting a 50 quid in my hand. Does that make sense, Mike? It, it, it makes absolute sense, but it's, 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 it's not a bad selfish habit to, to help someone else. Yeah, 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 it makes yeah, you feel yeah. good. There's lots, of, there's lots worse. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm, even briefly talking to me the other day, and I've heard you say this many, many times, one of your, one of your things is organised, be organised. Go through your life. Go and tell everyone the diary. Come on. Tell <laughs> <them>. <laughs> a, a big, big thing, right? So I'm speaking for men that I do with, right? So a lot of men reach out to me. They have these goals, man. Very vague goals. Right? Very, very vague goals. So like a man, often you'll find like the modern man who have like a clear goal in terms of finances. I want this amount of money, an absolute figure to get myself in this place so I can have a nice house, get a nice woman. And, and, and he'd be very clear about that. But when it comes to... Yeah how he's going to achieve that, yeah, it, he'd be like, it's all vague and it's all lost, right? And listen, at the base of all success is structure, is absolute structure. I, and I, I had to learn this, right? So, for example, if you have a goal to make a £1,000, right, that £1,000 starts with £1. How you make that £1 multiplied by 1000 is structure, is structure. You put something in place. And the same thing goes in regards to your health. So um, even if your structure leads nowhere, that's feedback. So if you put a structure in place, just say if you have a bad week, you'll be like, well, guess what? I'm going to review my week here. The problem is we're just running off of like spontaneous, um, spontaneous frigging failed systems. People go around in cycles, right, of unhappiness. And, and the only structure they normally have to their day, yeah, and quote me on this, and I want anybody listening, I want them to really have a think about this. The main structure they have to their day is work. Yeah. <laughs> is work. Mm -hmm. it, when they don't have work, they don't have a wake-up time. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> That's it. When they don't have work, they don't have a wake-up time. <clears throat> when they come home from work, they may have something they have to do, but they won't put a time to it. Yeah. Ask, the, ask the modern man, ask the modern man, 
do they put in their diary how much time they spend with their loved ones, their their their, their mum, their dad, their but ask them what time they have work tomorrow. Yeah. And you tell me why we're unhappy, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, I absolutely hear. Um, I've, 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 not because you're wrong, because I started this last year. Um, for some reason in, in lockdown, I did start running, which if you had seen me, you wouldn't, you would not believe. <laughs> uh, and I, I use the term running very, very loosely. Um, I, I got, I, I struggled to 7K today in about seven minutes <laughs> in each K. Um, but it's like, no, you know what? I'm getting up and doing it. Working from home means at lunchtime. That's my lunchtime is I go out and I do it. Um, I did go for a spate last year, getting up early, really early and doing it. Um, but then it was like, my brain comes alive at sort of 11 o'clock at night and I start thinking of all these wonderful ideas. And then suddenly it's one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> it's going. So I struggled with the morning one after a while, but no, you're, you're absolutely right. Is you wouldn't ever dream of saying, right, I've got to then spend 20 minutes with little and to do her reading or whatever like that. Um, <laughs> just take that. Mike, just take, think about that. Think about that. Think about that. We've got, we've got into such a routine that we actually don't, like we plan like social events, work, work booths. But uh, I, I challenge people to open a diary and say, how much time are you spending with the people that matter? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so that, that's something I learned. I learned that from one of my coaches, right? And it was really, it was a damning thing during the pandemic. I was like, I have an eight, eight, at the time he was seven, I have a nine-year-old son. And then I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was coming home, lack of energy, thinking I was the man because I was paying for his night trainers that he could run around and kick the shit out, he didn't care. And then coming home and I'm exhausted. He doesn't, I can't even hey. read him a yeah. And tell him, telling him off because... Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, tired. Tired. I, I'm tired, and I, it's like no, you're, you're uh, my little one's five. It's like you need you need to do these things because you're five. I know it's annoying, but you really do need to do this. So yeah, I I I I absolutely hear that. Um, it takes a long time for me to kind of eventually get the message. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do hear it, and that's the kind of thing that um, where you're saying, oh, I don't know why you wanted me on. That's the kind of thing that's like, no, this message is is important to people. And without sounding rude, you're not a guru. You're not someone that's been paid thousands and thousands of pounds yeah. to tell us stuff we already know. You're just a normal, regular guy going, this is where I went wrong. Don't go wrong here. Do this yeah. instead. Yeah. So it's a fantastic message. I think them gurus are equally a, a problem because they, they're normally, especially when we're talking social media, they come from a place of perfection. You know, like it, they, mm -hmm. it's that they look like this Buddha sitting, look at my life. I'm enlightened. Yeah. Like, Really, we just need the regular Joe down the Joe blogs to, to help me. You know, like we need we need more real life regular role models who live next door. Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons I, I I eventually got off my backside and started running is there was a guy who lived somewhere around near me, and me and my missus used to see this big big chap running around, really yeah. just plodding and plodding and plodding. And I'm going to be honest, we kind of looked and went, oh, look, he's off again. Um, <laughs> and he's like, oh, look at him. <laughs> but then it's like, that's that same bloke. And first of all, however slow he's running, it's damn far, faster than I am. Um, he's lapping me. And yeah, I haven't seen him for donkeys because he, he got super fit, super fit. <laughs> and it was like, oh, man, now I've, seen, <laughs> I've actually seen a real person doing this. I'm going to have to do it. So yeah, I, I, I plod around very, very slowly, but I, I do it, um, I get out there. Um, the other thing, I, 
I really wanted to talk about was um, I didn't read too much on it because it didn't affect me is the wrong word, but I I, I wasn't involved in it and I didn't um, I had no one to, to push it to if that makes sense. You did a little summer school um, okay, as, yeah. as, as well. Um, so what was that about? Because again, that's giving back to the community um, stuff that you don't have to do. Uh, probably my greatest achievement to date, like in terms of business, right? So we and a group, well, myself, my partner, we she helps mothers. We did a walk around Hyde Park, 50 kilometers, right? And we raised the best part of 8K. I think it was just under 8K. With that 8K throughout the summer, we put, it was targeted at underprivileged children, but we ended up being children just children in general, right? So the main core of them, like 80% were underprivileged, right? We put on a summer school which provided food, premium tutoring, um, and workbooks, right? Entirely free mm -hmm. throughout the no, four weeks of the six weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, five days, no, four, five days a week for four hours. It was the greatest achievement I've done, man. It was amazing. I went there, man. It was in South Norwood. I could, I could, to be honest, I planned it. And then when I, I when I walked in, I was like, somewhat emotional I was like it was it wasn't it's not just the fact they're learning man it's the fact that they know someone cares yeah it's the fact they know someone cares it's the fact that they know that someone in their local community there's fathers that went out and raised it and we're, we're real life role models as we were just saying there's people and and, and they actioning that the help that's needed to to help them so when, when we went to the when I went there man it was fantastic I think at some days we were like 16 kids some days a little bit less but yeah I'm real yeah. I just have to say, so many clubs, so many people reached out, man. So many people, uh, a lot of people wanted to remain anonymous here that reached out out of, whilst that was running, we had a guy that said, listen, how many kids I want to send toys? Uh, another guy said, I want to buy Nike t-shirts. And it was fantastic. A lot of people wanted to remain anonymous. I know a lot of people feel as though, like, they don't want to be, like, shaming children and stuff, but it was just unbelievable. Yeah, no, because, I mean, to be fair, a lot of the kids, as we said before, will want the image but yeah. it can't happen because it's a lot of kids won't have well even if they do have both parents in the family it, it, it's there's no jobs there's no money for, for people so it's yeah. it's hard for kids and kids won't understand why so and so is able to go on holiday yeah and right. I'm, I'm not it might might it, just just to interrupt you so we've done a project just, right and we um we provided e-tablets to schools during the pandemic right mm -hmm. Some kids couldn't learn, right? So me, me, I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm not trying to say, I'm definitely not no Elon Musk, right? But uh, we've got tablets in my house, electronic devices. We provided, you know why? Some kids couldn't do e-learning, right? Because they had to rotate the laptops. They didn't have enough computer. So we, we, we provided tablets so they could do e-learning. But, you know, like the, wor the world in through socials and through the eye of like the, the average person, everyone thinks everyone's right, but some of our neighbors are struggling. You know, <laughs> absolutely. It's yeah, and it's going to get worse. Um, but yeah, the, the schools with the whole. I, again, I'm not going to say I've, I've got loads and loads of money, but we were all right. We've got um, tablets and laptops, and I was just fuming because I'm like, how can they just assume that every kid's got that? I mean, yes, we we have. That's fine, but every kid hasn't got one. I mean. I, I have to admit, in during the lockdown, um, the little one who was two at the time, I think, um, she she did get looked after quite a lot by her tablet because I was working, Mrs. was working, little one was doing the GCSEs, and it's like, 
here you go. <laughs> Let me introduce you to YouTube. Go on. Oh, YouTube. YouTube, yeah. man. Yeah, we regret it now. We've worked out how to put limits on YouTube. Yeah, we sussed that one out. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just the, the work is, is, is fantastic. And I'm, I'm pleased it gives you enjoyment um, because that, that is a really, really important thing. Um, just wanted to kind of go back to, to your childhood. There's a little tiny little thing I just wanted to ask. Um, obviously, yourself, Damien and Sean. Yeah. Good Irish boys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I come from an Irish family. How much was oh. Irishness in in, in in your childhood? How, how much? Oh, full on. So a lot <laughs> people, people don't get that. The people see us like that we're predominantly brought up like by our mother's side, yeah. But mm -hmm. Jamaica, even people assume that we don't even have Irish in us, right? And some it's like our grandparents. But my dad was uh, his name Brendan, yeah, Brendan Scannell, yeah. He was full-blooded ginger hair. We had shoes. We had um, not not even really till secondary school that like, I had like influence from like my Caribbean side, right? Um, where my friends were, but uh, we had stews. My dad used to play the boran. He'd, be, he'd listen to um, the wolf tones. He'd sing Irish music. It, it was on. It was full. Of, I I I recognised myself as an Irish citizen till I was about twelve years old. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I I born and brought up in Kilburn in North London. Okay. It was only when I moved over to this area. That I realised there was more to the world than um, West Indian and Irish people because every single person I knew <laughs> was either Caribbean or Irish, and that's it. That's, that's, that's all there was in our life. And it's I was like, a mix, I, good mix, Caribbean and, and Irish. They've got a role. And, yeah, everyone. It, it, I think years and years and years ago, I think it was Lenny Henry that's like, Jamaica's just like a warm island, or Ireland's like a Dublin's like a cold Jamaica. I think yeah. that's the way he, he said it. Um, but that must have been relatively difficult for you because I mean, it was. You're you're about ten years younger than me, I think. So yeah. you wouldn't have had so much of um, what I had um, yeah. with the ski masks um, situation with the Irish boys. But it must be really difficult because I at least look like some of the sound like some of the people that would be taking umbrage to yeah. Irish people. <laughs> yeah. You you had the added added pressure of not looking like. <laughs> you, you know what we. Our biggest problem was probably like my dad was an alcoholic, right? And I didn't know my mum, so like we had other problems, you know. And mm -hmm. my dad was probably like, my, my dad was probably like, as, as much as I said he's an alcoholic man, he's a great father. My dad was probably really, really good, yeah. Like, I like making us like making a family unit, you know. Like we was like very in house, so like it's weird, right? Like, it is just I have. Two brothers, Thomas and Sean, and I have I had my dad at the time, and it was just us. Like we kind of closed ourselves off from the world, right? So mm -hmm. even though things weren't things weren't always right outside, yeah, at home was always like it's home, you know. Yeah. So um, our, our probably biggest problem was just probably being probably we didn't have a lot, you know. <laughs> so that was like the biggest thing we had to overcome. And uh, my mom passed away when I was like nineteen or twenty, so oh, it, right. it, yeah, it it really was just us. But yeah, in, in terms of being Irish, I was, we used to say like the, um, like a prayer. I didn't have a clue it was in Gaelic. We used to say a prayer at night time. My dad used to make us say it. Like, um, I, I, can, I don't know, I can't remember it yet. Like, I genuinely thought that I was like Irish to the bone, you know. Yeah. Shoes, I can't stand shoes. I can't stand them. <laughs> <laughs> Brogues and white um, toweling socks. White toweling socks. Oh, God, my dad used to put sausages in with potato and like an oxo cube and think it's food. I'm like, what? <laughs> What the heck is this? <laughs> yeah, I can't. 
I can't walk. Uh, one of our neighbours is, is an Irish guy, and he he will every now and then have the boiled bacon and cabbage. Oh, and I, I, I literally have to leave the house. I'm like, I can't do this. I absolutely can't. 2022, there's flavour in the world, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's uh, that was one of, one of the things. Obviously, I, I I knew the surname, um, yeah. but I just didn't know sort of how how much it was was in your life, yeah. which, is, which is which is brilliant. Yeah, my dad was a hardcore um, Irish. Drink, drink yeah. every day. Drink. Well, I was going to say, I mean, it's easy for us with modern eyes and, and things looking back, going, mm, I think there might have been a problem there, but at the time, it was what people did, um, yeah. and it, it, yeah, it was very much the whole social hub was the pub um and it's like like going to a football if, if you're not there you're, you're missing out on who, who's saying what to who and all the rest of it so it, it is easy looking back with modernized to go yeah that, that wasn't right yeah. um, but at the time you wouldn't have probably recognized anything at all because um it's, yeah. it's hard because you didn't know any better um, yeah. I, I really listen. I I don't resent my my dad at the time. I did, but I don't resent him. I I appreciate he grew up in Ireland. Their culture, drink, you know. Yeah. So and 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 then coming to he he reduced his social circle. He was looking after his boys. Drink was probably his like release. <clears throat> and their social became more like. A, um, but again, it gives you examples to go. Yep, you yeah. know what? This is, this this is good column. This is bad column, yeah. and I, I want I want the good column. And I can do better. I can do better, right? Yeah, I, I think I'm a pre pretty good dad. Um, I don't know what the kids think. <laughs> <laughs> they have, they may have totally different ideas about my parenting. <laughs> um, but it is absolutely lovely to chat to you. Thank you so much for your time. Um, love um hearing things are going well for you, and I cannot wait for the, the link up. I'm not saying I'm going to join in, but I'll promote it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll look on with interest. <laughs> but I'm happy with my plodding around and uh, shifting a bit at a time. I demand you there. The moment it starts up, you're going to get non-stop verbals to get out to get there. <laughs> yeah. I've done. I've done 32k last week. I'm all right. Not in one go. No. <laughs> Throughout the week. Let's just let's let's be honest. Here. <laughs> but thank you so much, and it's been a pleasure to talk to you. And um, hopefully, I'll talk to you again soon. No worries, man. I appreciate you. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.